Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. So this morning, President Donald Trump tweeted out, quote, Terrible. Just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. And also, is it legal for a sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election? Turned down by court earlier, a new low. And I bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October just prior to election. And how low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon Watergate. Bad or sick guy. Now, this story's been reported on before. I'm going to assume that President Trump has some new information. The backstory is fairly brief. The FBI had concerns about a private server in Trump Tower. They thought, oh, it may be connected to one or two Russian banks. Now, these concerns had nothing to do with national security. They were criminal in nature. They thought, oh, maybe some banking laws were being violated and so on. But when the FBI looked into it, they found zero evidence of criminality. Now, again, I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure I'm on safe ground in assuming that when you investigate someone for criminal activity and you find nothing, you drop it. But apparently not under Obama. Rather than drop it, the Justice Department and the FBI decided to transmogrify this into a national security investigation. Huh. So the government under Obama was using its national security authority to continue to pursue a criminal investigation after it had found zero evidence of crimes. Huh. So what happened was, in June 2016, the Obama administration filed a request with the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, also known as rubber-stamping yes-men in tiny robes. So they said, well, we want to monitor communications involving Donald Trump and several of his advisors. Now, shockingly, the request was denied. Like, this is so unprecedented, it's insane. So in 2013, it was reported that over the last 33 years, or the 33 years previously, the FISA court had granted almost 34,000 warrants and had denied those warrants, or those warrant requests, only 12 times, a rejection rate of just 0.03%. So in October 2016, the Obama administration tried again. They submitted a slightly more narrowed-down request to the FISA court. Now they focused on a computer server in Trump Tower. Ooh, there are links to Russian banks and so on. Again, no evidence is found, but the wiretaps continue. This is shocking and appalling and horrendous third-world banana republic stuff. Ooh, we think he's in league with the Russians. We're going to investigate him. We find nothing. So we're just going to continue to keep listening. Yeah, it's the Russians who are hacking the election, right? I think those Russians might be just a little bit closer than you think. The Russians are calling from inside the house. So the Obama administration pursued, sought, and eventually obtained this authorization to eavesdrop fundamentally on the Trump campaign. They continued monitoring the Trump team even when no evidence of wrongdoing had been found. Oh, then... Because, you see, they need to get this information out. So they then relaxed these NSA rules. 
which now allows evidence to be shared widely within the government, right? Like they can take raw data and they can share it among the alphabet suit, uh, soup of um, agencies that are supposed to be protecting Americans. Because, you know, there's, there's nothing that spells protection like a digital cave of keeping everything you've done forever. So when they allowed the NSA data to be shared among government agencies pretty much allows it to be leaked to the media, and this includes the conversations of private citizens. This may well be the source of some of the leaks that dogged the Trump campaign middle to late uh, last year and, and since as well. I mean, just imagine playing, you know, flip the scenario on the leftists is kind of an old and boring game, and it's not hugely effective, but just, you know, for the sake of it. Imagine if Dick Cheney had been monitoring Barack Obama's calls in October of 2000. And seven. Imagine they would be calling for his head on a stick. Now, the response has come in. Now, to my mind, it's very carefully worded. And like most of these kinds of responses, raises way more questions than it answers. But this is the response that came in from Obama's uh, spokesman. Quote, A cardinal rule of the Obama administration was that no White House official ever interfered with any independent investigation led by the Department of Justice. Uh, And the spokesman went on to say, as part of that practice, neither President Obama nor any White House official ever ordered surveillance on any U.S. citizen. Any suggestion otherwise is simply false. Now, I don't know how they're reading the public's mood these days, but let's just put it this way. It's fairly surly and skeptical. So I'm not sure how many people out there think that Obama sat down with people, FBI, Department of Justice, and said, go wiretap Donald Trump's phone. (laughs) I don't think there's too many people who think that he did that. That's not really the point. Saying there was no surveillance would be a little bit more reassuring for people, but that distinctly was not said. It was not said. Oh, we didn't, I didn't directly order it. Nobody, like Obama and the, uh, did not directly order it. It's not the point. It's your FBI, dude, your administration. You're in charge. Did you know about it? That's what people want to know. Did you know about it? Oh, I got another question you might want to answer. Did you or your administration use the information that came out of these wiretaps for political gain? Did you use it? Were you aware of any leaks? And if you weren't aware that elements within your administration and within law enforcement were wiretapping and monitoring the communications of somebody your political party was in direct opposition to and against in a crucial election... Well, shouldn't you know that? Do you think that people are just going to make those decisions without telling the president? Hmm. Come on. Mike Cernovich pointed out that Obama prosecuted more journalists under the Espionage Act more than all of the previous administrations combined. But don't worry, he'd never dream of spying on Trump. Jailing, yes. Spying, no. Come on. Under Obama, the IRS was used to target conservative Tea Party groups potentially stealing the election. So, uh, there's that. So, what happened in the final days in office? You know, this final days in office really pisses me off. 
You know, you don't have a mandate when you've been voted out on your ass. You don't have a mandate. Stop doing shit right at the end of your presidency when you've had a clear mandate to get lost. There's not a mandate for you to say, ooh, well, they really voted in an inexperienced politician who just wandered in to become president rather than somebody we fielded on who had 30 years of experience and and access to all of the muddled yet brilliant yet creepy yet gropy political intelligence of Bill Bubba Grab Clinton. You don't have a mandate. But in the final days in office, Obama signed a law allowing the NSA to more easily disseminate, quote, raw signals, intelligence information. This is among the CIA, FBI, and, and so on. This is not without precedent. So Barack Obama, according to a German newspaper, quote, approved tapping Angela Merkel's phone seven years ago. Now, tapping Angela Merkel's phone, I don't know, Given the decisions she's making in Germany, uh, the only thing I can think of is they've got something really bad on her and they're making her dance to some globalist tune because I have no idea why she's so hell-bent on undoing Germany at the moment with her various initiatives. But uh, this goes back to, some people say, back to 2002, 2003, uh, that they were hacking her phone. But uh, yeah, in 2010, President Obama was told that the U.S. is monitoring uh, Angela Merkel's uh, phone. And he allowed it to continue. Again, this is according to a German newspaper. We'll put the links to this below. So that seems kind of important. Did he order it? No. Did he know about it? Yes. Did he allow it to continue? Yes. Was that explicitly denied in his response? No. This is Deep state, total banana republic stuff. Let's say he didn't know anything about it and, the, and the, the DOJ and the FBI just going totally rogue. Well, that just means that there's this deep state apparatus, this power behind the throne, this shadow behind the sun that is kind of interfering with these elections. They're just off there wiretapping people and spreading it around the government and leaking the information, if that's what happened. They're just off and doing that stuff. Ooh, but the big problem is Russia, Right. Now, this could be a brilliant move on Trump's part, as he often makes. The brilliant move being that now that he's tweeting all this stuff, uh, people are saying, well, no, this stuff was investigated and came up empty last year. It's like, yeah, so shut up about Russia. Because Trump is now making everyone aware, everyone aware, that he was investigated on criminal and on the national security grounds, and they came up with nothing. Now, him personally, his organization, his server, I don't know. Either way, shut up about Russia. So this is a great way of advertising that this investigation has gone on before. Russia. Russia. Yeah, totally in control of of Trump. Because, you know, Trump, he dances to everyone's tune, right? Yeah, Trump, who was on Oprah decades ago talking about pretty much exactly the same stuff. Ooh, they got him early. They got him early. I mean, this is not alone in this. Trump's former national security advisor, General Michael Flynn was also wiretapped while still a private citizen. Now, it is claimed this wiretapping, oh, don't worry, it's part of just routine spying on the Russian ambassador. No, shut up, you're spies. Stop talking about all of the spying you're doing. That's bad spying. It's supposed to be a secret. (sighs) 
what you can even say. You can't even say this stuff. Now, Flynn didn't break any law, not going to face any charges. But he reportedly resigned because, uh, I think unintentionally, he may have misled Vice President Mike Pence. Um, because, I don't know, you make dozens of phone calls a day. Do you remember the exact details of phone conversations you had months ago? Well, probably not. Now, a lot of this slippery, weaselly stuff has been going on with the outgoing administration uh, doing everything they can to sabotage the incoming. You know, it's a little bit more serious than prying the W keys off the keyboard after uh, uh, President Clinton's last uh, sleazeball roll around the Oval Office. Um, seven days before he left office. See, that's that's no mandate. Seven days before he left, left office, President Obama also changed the order of succession in the Department of Justice. Whoop! Sliding Sally Yates to the top of the list. So Sally Yates turned out to be the acting attorney general until the appointment of Senator Jeff Sessions. Huh. Helpful. Yates was heavily involved in the investigation of General Flynn. So shuffling the deck, kind of cheating. So this is your media. This is your media on globalism. President Barack Obama seems to be wiretapping the presidential candidate of the opposition political party months before the election. And you think I should care about what position Kellyanne Conway takes when she sits on a couch in the Oval Office? Are you mad? Oh, I got another one for you. Remember how the media claimed Trump wanted to turn America into some kind of weird banana republic? After, you know, he made a comment about appointing a special prosecutor to investigate Hillary Clinton. Ooh, it'd be really bad if we turned into some kind of corrupt banana republic, you know, where, where, where people spy on their political opponents and then release the information. Hmm. I mean, I know. You know, I, I can't imagine the frustration. Trump and his team must be experiencing. You want to get something done, but you keep getting tripped up and little blow dots of globalist mind jelly is going into your throat from time to time. It's really annoying. You just want to go and get things done. But you know what I say? Well, easy for me to say. But I'll tell you what I say. Turn that flamethrower around. You got to clear out the past before you can get to the future. So go find out what the hell is going on with this stuff. Were you wiretapped? Who ordered it? Who knew about it? And go and get some legal scalps, my friend, because you're going to have to scare people into backing off a little bit. Go get yourself some informants. Go get yourself some plea deals. Go find something out. Democrats aren't very good at covering their tracks. So go find, go find things out. You're going to have to circle back. To get to the future, you're going to have to circle back to get to the past. And that's important. Because this is like... You know, when the horrifying Patriot Act was signed, anti-constitutional Patriot Act, this was kind of like the worst-case scenario, right? So they tried to put this wall, this big wall, build a wall, right, between criminal and security, between national security and criminal investigations. Because they said, well, you know, it's tough to, it's tough to get a court order to do wiretapping, because you, like in criminal side, because you've actually got to go into the judge and say, here's the evidence we have that criminal activity is occurring. we just got to go wiretap to get the final confirmation. That's kind of tough. It's not as tough to go get stuff for national security. So do you really want a shadow government 
of security agencies wiretapping and reporting on political enemies? Is that where we have come to? Are we really testing a theory of the afterlife by poking the graves of the founding fathers until they come back to life and strangle everyone? Which still makes CNN more comprehensible. So, for God's sakes, people, now's the time. Now's the time to get up, to speak, and to help avoid what is coming. What is coming is a conflict the likes of which the world has never seen before. There's still time to save it. There's still time to keep it a verbal battle, but you better start doing it now, my friends. Because look, let's admit it. You've probably had a pretty easy life, right? No major wars, no famine, no disease, really. But now, it's time to cast aside that late Roman Wally spaceship decadence and um, gird yourself up for battle. See, the fight is upon us. The left is upon us. And they're creating the same false stories, the same false narrative, the same hysteria, the same provoking the mindless mob to violence. Charles Murray wanted to give a speech. Riots, violence, the professor, a female professor, she ended up in a neck brace in hospital. This is where we are. Turned over the institutions of higher learning to people who aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> right? And what happens? I guess you lowered your standards, lowered your standards, lowered your standards. Oh, let's scoop more people into college. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, violence is what happens when you don't have an argument. Aggression is what happens when you don't have an argument. The left is upon us, as they have been repeatedly throughout history. The left is upon us just as they were upon the French peasants and priests and nuns and intellectuals and reporters during the unbelievable bloodbath of the French Revolution when large numbers of people became headless basket cases in the sky-skything hug of the guillotine, just as the left was in the Russian Revolution, just as they were in the Chinese Revolution under Chairman Mao, just as they were in the killing fields of Cambodia, just as they were. The left is upon us. And, sorry, you're going to have to suit up, just like everyone before you. Like everything you have that is free, that is valuable, that is worthwhile, Freedom of speech, freedom of trade, freedom of conscience, freedom from forced association. Everything you have is because magnificent people in the past fought for it. They defined it and they fought for it. And the battle was verbal. It's only when the verbal battle is lost through the cowardice of people with the better ideas, that is when words become swords. Everything you have is because people thought and fought with their language, with their willpower. Because that's all it is. That's all it is. People say to me all the time, what do you think the future's going to hold? What do you think the future's going to be? Where do you think we're heading? My answer's always the same. Wherever you want to go, wherever you're willing to commit to, that's where we're going to go, and no other place. History. It's not some big movement. It's not some big tide coming in, tide going out. History is nothing more than the willpower of specific individuals. History is willpower, plain and simple.
Those who wish to control you, those who wish to bury you, those who wish to strip you of the freedoms your ancestors fought for, they are upon you. And you can appease, and you can deny, and you can try to avoid a little trouble in your life, which is cowardly and contemptible and utterly unworthy to maintain everything that you have inherited. You don't have to invent it. You don't have to make the car. You just got to maintain the car. Because here's all it comes down to, my friends. If other people, if other groups, if they want your subjugation more than you want your freedom, they will win. And you will regret it forever as you live the rest of your lives on your knees, if you're lucky. <laughs>